So you can see what's going on. What's going on? What's going on, brothers and sisters, and welcome to Akeem's Dream Show, the investigative talk show where we unpack theories and topics for your next cocktail party or social outing. Tune in to cure the boring conversations about the weather, work, and politics. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Akeem's Dream Show. And today, we're going to be talking about the City Slicker's Guide to Dystopia. How to survive in a post-apocalyptic world. Now, you might be asking yourself, Akeem, the world's still intact. The world's not in a post-apocalyptic apocalyptic state well i might say to you perhaps but why do you buy insurance hmm do you buy insurance because you don't have a car wreck or it's because you might have a car wreck so why do we buy insurance for a car but we don't get ready for the goddamn apocalypse if the world has a chance of blowing the fuck up you better be ready this episode is all about being ready to live in the bush and if you're a city slicker you haven't spent one ounce outside of a tent or started a fire without a match in a dry environment. Whew, we got a lot of work to do. We got a little we got a few minutes here to sort you the fuck out so you can be ready for this post-apocalyptic future that may or may not happen. But hey, even if it doesn't happen, it's good to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. But I digress. This idea came to me because a lot of these movies that are post-apocalyptic, like The Road and Children of Men and I Am Legend and Book of Eli and Mad Max, Zombieland, all these kind of movies that are depict a world that is blown up and there's only a few survivors left and they're walking around with their dog. They're all like these protagonists that are just jacked and yoked and super confident and super savvy. It's like they were already outdoorsmen or they were already outdoors women or they were already outdoors people. They were inclined to be able to take care of themselves outside of the confines of a infrastructure in a city environment. So they weren't city slickers is what I'm trying to say, the people in these movies. But they never make a post-apocalyptic movie about a person who's not a city slicker. But if they did, that movie would be hella interesting. Because they would actually have to learn not to figure out how to fight the zombies or whatever the movie's about. They would actually just have to learn how to exist without a save on foods or a whole foods or a car or gas and heat and power and running water. Have you ever thought about how amazing it is that you can just fucking turn your tap on and water comes out? Never ceases to amaze me, man. I'll be at home and turn the water on and I say, I'm a lucky son of a bitch, man. There's way too many people in the world who can't get fresh drinking water. That's another tangent. But let's go into this. I make the contention that just because you're a city slicker, like Billy Crystal in the movie City Slickers, that doesn't mean that you don't have a chance of going out into the world and going out into the bush and figuring it out. You have a chance. Because you do have the skills or the underlying, I don't know, a predilection and and attitude of getting things done if you live in the city you're a go-getter i don't care if you're working at i don't care what you do for work or what you do to sustain yourself unless you're sitting at home all day you are figuring life out so you have the baseline skills that can be useful right most people who are city slickers plan their day 
You anticipate problems. You think proactively. You protect your you you protect yourself from the elements, even if it's just in your car. You're thinking ahead. You're looking in your weather your weather app every morning and checking, okay, what do I have to wear today? And some people still can't even figure that out. You have the instincts to survive. Now you just need the skills, baby. You just need the skills. Specifically, can you start a fire? Can you create shelter? Can you get clean water? Stuff like that. Can you eat? Can you feed yourself? This is basic shit. Most people who are ready, tailor-made for the dystopia, tailor-made for the post-apocalyptic world-burning event, there are people who are like campers and hunters and tradespeople and technicians, farmers, campers, people who go on hikes, people who have thought about this shit already. But if you have never thought about this shit, it's good. It's probably a good thing to know or to have a relative idea of. So if you are ever stuck in the bush, for example, maybe the world didn't blow up, but you're just stuck in the wilderness, you have some go-tos that could goddamn maybe save your life. See, this podcast is not just for entertainment. I'm about to save your goddamn life right now. So let's get into it, baby. The first skill that you must handle is can you get shelter? Now, you got to be able to think cool, okay? You got to get shelter from the elements. It could be rain. It could be snow. It could be cold. doesn't matter what it is. But if you're exposed, you're imposed, baby. You're imposed for some rough nights. And you ain't going to make it that long either. Be up shit's Creek without a paddle. So even if you just dig a few inches into the soil, uh, going underneath the surface, that can protect yourself from the heat. Let's say you're in the desert. Just getting underneath the soil will, will help. Kind of like when we had that hot streak here in uh, North America in the middle, end of June. Everybody went to the basement because when you get underneath the ground level, you actually start to chill out. You could build a lean-to. And a lean-to essentially is just two uh, two poles uh, with, uh, really, you're just making like a soccer crossbar uh, with sticks and with a bunch of sticks that are sitting on the crossbar. So you go to the soccer field, you see like the soccer posts. Now just put some sticks on the end of that and you got to lean to. It's like a half a tent, which is better than nothing. And you can make that in an hour. Find some big sticks. That's a good thing about the bush. There's plenty of sticks to grab. So you got that, right? Get lots of airflow in there. Get lots of shelter. Get lots of shade. And I guess the whole thing is to, be, to, to stay cool, right? You don't have to be homes on homes and build a... A villa, although there's some people who can do that. I mean, if you're bored, just go on YouTube and type in primitive technologies. This guy builds houses from butt fuck nothing. Like he'll actually find a thing of clay and and sticks, and he'll build an actual house. It's wild. He just got shorts on, and he makes his own tools. He would never listen to this episode because he'd think I'm an idiot, but. He's the kind of guy that will have no problem surviving a post-apocalyptic world. Primitive technologies on on YouTube. So that's the first a- aspect, right? Protecting yourself from the elements. I think the second element would be finding water. I think you can survive 30 days without food, 3 or 4 days without water. So you need water, okay? Water is a big deal. You need water in the system. So... You just got to think about your elements. You got to think about your surroundings. If you're in the snow, try to melt the snow, right? If you're in a rainy area, try to get some kind of cylinder or some kind of thing that can catch the rainwater, make a big reservoir of it. If you're by creeks and you're by ponds and you're by lakes, uh, see if you can heat that shit up start a fire and heat up the water. But you got to be able to get some water ASAP. 
and get a big tank of it. Whenever there's a big downpour, see if you can't collect a huge tank of it. Huge, huge tank. And uh, let that sustain you. So that's pretty self-sufficient. You can also go to cactuses and there's other, other creative ways of finding it. You got to get that shit sorted out. Get the water. It's crazy how you don't really have to think about getting water during the day. Most of the people who have access to water don't even drink it in civilized society. We have to be told to drink seven cups of water a day. That's probably the last thing someone in the bush has to be told that they have to just drink seven. They're trying to drink one, let alone seven. The next thing I would say is, can you start a fire? Right? That's pretty self-explanatory. If you don't have matches, uh, there's a lot of things you can do with uh, the, like the magnesium off the back of a knife or off the back of a rock. And there's just a lot of things. Try to get elements, try to get irons, try to get rocks. Uh, anything that could cause a spark uh, and uh, have a little ten, uh, tinder, tinder base with uh, not tinder swiping left or right. You want to get that little tinder going with uh, some moss and some really dry stuff and then you slowly stoke it and that's how you get a fire going. Most people I know, even if it's in the backyard or they're camping in some park, they'll cheat, right? I would encourage you the next time you go camping, don't cheat. Try to start the fire from fucking scratch. Give yourself maybe 10 minutes and just try to see if you can do it. Now, I'm not talking primitive rubbing two sticks together, but give it a go. See if you can do it. See if you can make it work. I challenge you. And then I think the, another, the next thing would be once you've got your shelter, once you've got your water, once you've got your fire, I would definitely understand if you can eat. Right Now, this will be your full-time job. You thought your full-time job was in marketing. You thought, you thought your full-time job was an engineer. No. Your full-time job is to feed yourself. <laughs> it's essentially the only job you have when you are in the bush and you're trying to survive is once you get your water, once you get your shelter, once you get your fire going, is to eat. Get some energy. You need that energy. Sometimes people ask me, like, Akeem, if you could only eat one thing on a desert island, what would it be? And sometimes I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, jerk chicken or pizza are my favorite stuff. But if I'm being real practical, I would say, just give me a flat of peanut butter. And I think the reason peanut butter would be a good one is because it's extremely calorie dense and it doesn't spoil easy. And it's, uh, you know, you don't need to prep it. You don't need to, it's good in the cold, it's good in the heat, uh, or it might get a little bit viscous in the heat, but uh, I think it'd be a catch-all and you get all your nutrients and protein in there and fats. I think it'd be a good, good, that'd be the best survival food is if uh, somebody dropped a plank. If you found, if you're in the middle of the bush and you found a big, big pallet of peanut butter, I think you'd make it. I think you'd live out there for a long time. But if you don't find a big pallet of peanut butter, what I suggest you doing is just don't eat anything unless you know what it is, Right. Stay away from bright colors. Bright colors are bright for a reason. They're trying to get you. They, they don't care if you eat them because they are going to kill you. <laughs> uh, if they're obvious, it's almost like a trap. If it's obvious, don't do it unless you know what it is. Uh, stay away from bright colors. Anything you do know that you do find, whether it be alive or whatever it is or it's not, try to cook it. Right? Get, get it over the fire. That's the reason we evolved to the point we are now. I did a whole podcast about the evolutionary importance of fire and how it cooked roots and it made everything digestible and easier to digest, which made our brains bigger. 
I would uh, encourage you to use the brain <laughs> that your ancestors fought so hard to make bigger and cook everything you find. Uh, as a rule of thumb, birds, snakes, and all fish are pretty good as long as you cook them. And as far as nutrients go and, and, and uh, vitamins and things of that nature, you can always make teas. If you know what the tree is or if you know kind of what the plant is, you can identify it. You, why not make a tea? That's how tea was discovered. Some guy in China, three, 4,000 years ago, was probably sitting in some garden and a, tree, a tea leaf fell over his kettle. And uh, next thing you know, they got tea. Next thing you know, they got a $6 bag of tea at your local cafe. So, And I mean, you can figure this out, right? Those are kind of the four tenets. And like I said, you are already planning your day. Uh, you're already kind of anticipating problems. You can think proactively. You can protect yourself from the elements in this city. So you might be a city slicker, but if you apply these four things, right, you, that you, you'll be set. I mean, you won't be set, but I mean, then you got to figure out your exit strategy, which probably involves the fire. But at least you won't die. One of my favorite shows growing up was a show called Survivor Man with Les Snead or Les Shroud. I forget his last name, but anyways, he he would do this show where they would just essentially drop him into the middle of the desert or all these climates around the world. It could be the desert. It could be the bush. It could be uh, the jungle. It doesn't matter. And he set up his own cameras and he figured out how to survive. And he was asked once whether he would prefer the hot, hot desert or jungle or the cold, cold tundra or, or northern boreal forests. And he said, stick me in the hot jungle. He said the cold is way worse than the heat as far as being able to survive. He said there's a lot more things living in the heat and then obviously with the shelter and uh, you know cooling off at night. You can cool off at night, but keeping yourself warm during the day is a huge struggle. So you can't be worried about eating if you're just freezing to death. And it depends on the place you're in, right? If you, if you enter a post-apocalyptic world as a city slicker and you're in a cold, cold climate... Maybe you reverse the order. Maybe you start a fire first and then you find water and all that. If you're in a hot place, maybe you go ahead and start your shelter, right? Get Make sure you don't get eaten by a tiger or some snakes and some shit. Um, snake, snake won't eat you. Maybe an anaconda. My anaconda don't. Yeah, and then there's a guy here who holds the record for longest voluntary wilderness survival. And it's of 31 days. And he held that record for 30 years. And then it's been beaten quite a few more times, but still 31 days on purpose. And this is a professional, a real professional, a guy who spends his whole life just studying how to survive in the bush. And he lasted 31 days. I'm not sure the climate was or where it was in the world, but that should tell you something. This is not a long-term stay. This is a, a weekend uh, or a week long trip. <laughs> if you're in, if you're in the bush, you should set a timer to be in and out. It's like if you're a city slicker and you're in your career, you should have uh, an exit strategy or you should know kind of what your goals are within two to five years and then you know work backwards. But it's not two to five years in the bush. It's two to five days. By two to five days, you should be figuring out, okay, this way is north. Uh, that's where civilization is. I need to figure out how to get there or I'm going to make a big fucking smoke burn pile that's so high that there's no way it won't be found. And uh, then you can return 
to your city slicker life. But until then, I'll see you in the bush rubbing those two sticks. Peace.